Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes at the Hanover Theater. This week, we're checking in with Olivia Scanlon, a.k.a. Liv, a.k.a. Livy, um, the Artistic Director of THT Rep. Hey, Liv. Hey, Ashley. Thank you for having me. It has been a long time since you've been on Behind the Scenes at the Hanover Theater. And I know we have a lot going on and um, a lot coming up. So I'm super excited to talk to you today. And I know you've been on the show a few times, but um, let's let's talk about THT Rep. The last time you were on here, we were talking about Julius Caesar. So do we want to say anything, <laughs> you know, about a year post, post Julius Caesar? Um, I know our community feedback has been really great and everyone really loved it and experiencing that on the common last year. Do you have anything to say to our Julius Caesar fans? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, it can't, it's hard to believe that it's been a whole year since we were performing Julius Caesar out on the Worcester Common. That was sort of the major um, project of THT Rep's first year. Um, THT Rep was sort of born here at the Hanover Theater in response to the pandemic. Uh, when the main theater was shut down, we sort of said to ourselves, okay, what can we do? And we said, well, we can make our own theater. And so we created this brand, Hanover Theater Rep, to do just that. And um, we had the Edgar Allan Poe doubleheader in October of 2020. And then a Christmas Carol reimagined uh, during the 2020 holiday season. And then last summer, as Ashley was mentioning, we had our most visible project, which was the Julius Caesar out on the common. And the response to that was awesome. And people are still coming up to me and saying things about it, which has been uh, totally wild for um, that show to have such an impact on the community. And of course, now it's a whole year later. And what have we been doing in that time? Well, uh, as you all know, we reopened the Hanover Theater and got shows back up and running. Uh, the conservatory continued all of its programming. And quietly behind the scenes, I've been uh, planning a full season for THT Rep to return indoors as sort of originally envisioned uh, in the brick box. And so a few weeks ago, we were able to announce our 22-23 lineup, and I'm delighted to talk to you about it today. Woohoo! I know that we've, we've gotten like a few messages and comments. I've spoken to some people that are like, when is the, when is the next performance like that? That was incredible. And then, um, I've been telling people, you know, stay tuned, keep an eye out. I promise it'll be back. And so I'm super excited for this, um, for this season. It's going to be incredible and it's going to open up, um, with Macbeth. Yes. And I know that is a naughty, naughty word to say in a theater, <laughs> but we're going <laughs> to say okay. it a few times today. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Macbeth first. Sure. So we're going to start THT Reps 22-23 season with Macbeth in the Brick Box Theater at the Jean McDonough Art Center. I actually did sort of a first draft of this production with the Hanover Theater Conservatory Youth Acting Company in January of this year. And I'm going to take the work that I did and build upon it and restage the production with professional actors we are going to be uh, playing um, September 29th to October 15th. The cutting of the play is about 90 minutes long. We have an incredible creative team. Some familiar faces will be returning from Julius Caesar, including Dale Place, who played Julius Caesar. He'll be playing the role of Duncan. And Mary Stepinski, who played the role of Cassia, will be playing 
Lady Macbeth. They are joined by just a wonderful team of people, and uh, I can't wait to do our first fully realized Shakespeare play in the brick box. It's so perfect for Shakespeare in my mind, and um, I am just thrilled to be able to share it with everybody. Yeah, I think I think the brick box is perfect for this show as well, because I mean, Macbeth is very dark and moody and brooding. And I feel like it's an excellent backdrop um, for this for this production. So let's talk a little bit about the vibe, um, because I know that some people have seen, again, your first draft with um, with the youth acting company. But what can people expect with this with this show? Yeah, so I've cut it to be very fast paced. Um, again, 90 minutes. It's usually, you know, four hours long. And uh, we are um, maintaining a nice large cast. There's 19 people in the cast. And uh, it's contemporary dress, um, all very uh, sort of dark black, um, dark black costumes and scenic and props. Really, the only thing that sort of glitters is uh, the crown. You know, um, the titular character, Macbeth, is sort of obsessed with power and obsessed with maintaining his hold on um, on the crown. So uh, so that particular costume piece does glitter. Uh, but otherwise, yes, it's quite dark. It's quite spare. It's quite bleak. Um, there's uh, uh, sort of, uh, I would not quite call it audience interaction, but the actors sort of take over the whole space. So it feels very sort of up close and personal at times. And uh, I think it's going to be really fun for fall. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. Um, for anyone that's participating in hot ghoul summer and can't wait until Halloween, <laughs> um, I am really excited. I, I really love the fall and it is the perfect spot um, for this production. I can't wait to get spooky with all of you. Yes. <laughs> um, and I know we've been talking about how we're going to promote the show and um, I think everyone's going to be really excited about this one. So um, again, let's reiterate, September 29th through October 15th will be Macbeth. Now, moving on to the second show in the season is the Poe Doubleheader. Yeah, so I mentioned earlier in the segment that when the pandemic sort of cast its spell over us, we thought, you know, what can we do while the theater is shut down? And so I created this show, the Edgar Allan Poe Doubleheader, which consists of two Edgar Allan Poe short stories, The Telltale Heart and The Cask of Amontillado. And this is a solo show that I perform. It's about an hour long. And we're just bringing it back for one weekend only this year in 2022. Um, you guys can tell I really love Halloween, I guess. Um, so we'll have Macbeth for uh, three weeks and then we'll take a week off and then we'll come back and we'll have the Poe doubleheader uh, at the end of October just for one weekend only um, for fully seated audiences. Uh, when we first staged it during the pandemic, we had private audiences of only 20 people at a time. So there are many, many more people out there who might want to check this out. A lot of people love Edgar Allan Poe. He certainly captured my imagination when I was a young teenager and uh, I'm hardly alone in that fact. So uh, I'm looking forward to bringing that back to the brick box at the end of October. Yeah, October 27th through the 29th, um, a, a lovely pairing with Macbeth for sure. And, um, you know, 
as someone who went to school in Salem, Massachusetts, and has a very special spooky place in my heart for things like this, like I've seen, I've seen the Poe doubleheader, or at least um, the majority of it, I think three quarters of the Poe doubleheader. And um, it is really, it is really fantastic. And I can't wait to see the entirety of the show um, in the brick box, which will be absolutely fantastic. How big is that cast? Of the Edgar Allan Poe doubleheader. Oh yeah, it's just me, baby. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> One woman show. Yep. We love it. And uh, how does that compare to Macbeth? How many people are in Macbeth? Nineteen people in Macbeth. All right, all right, <laughs> very cool. So um, let's talk a little bit about the experience of the Poe doubleheader. We talked a little bit about the vibe for Macbeth, but um, what can we expect there? Yeah, so I stage this show as a seance, so I sort of play myself, and then I invite the audience to help me conjure the two characters to sort of visit us through me. So it's um, it's just me. It's two pieces. Um, there's sort of a little act break in between. It's um, Each story is about half an hour long. One of them is more sort of dark and the other one is more sort of darkly funny. Uh, I have a blast performing it. And um, again, you'll start to learn this as THT Rep has more and more of a body of work here, but there's always a sort of light uh, participate, audience participation uh, aspect to, to the things that I put on. And this will be no exception. Absolutely. And I mean, we can't have theater without ghosts and ghouls. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just it's just a part of the culture. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on, the next stop on our THC Rep series is The Crucible. And that one's a little different from the rest of the series. So let's jump into that one. That's coming March 26th. Yeah, so I... Uh have long been fascinated by the play The Crucible by Arthur Miller, which dramatizes the Salem witch trials. Uh, and more witches, more more spookiness. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, in this day and age, I have this interest in what the play would be like if all of the characters were played by female actors. So the characters will still be male and female, but I'm looking at an entire, entirely female cast to um, bring the story to life. So this crucible that we're doing in March of 2023 is not a fully staged production. It is a week-long workshop that will culminate with a staged reading, which means the actors will be reading their their lines from their scripts. Um, And this is really more an opportunity for me to test out the concept of having an all-female cast and for our audience to check out that concept as well and give their feedback to see if this is something that we want to pursue as a full production in the future. Uh, The Crucible is also a large cast play, so it's quite expensive to put on. So we want to make sure that we feel good about the um, approach that we're taking to it before we commit to to fully staging it. So that's what that project will be. Mm -hmm. And where did the inspiration to kind of do this stage reading for The Crucible come from? The play is um, largely about sort of the persecution of women um, and yet is also a very, um, the play itself has a bit of misogyny in it. And um, we live in a time where uh, women are continuing to be sort of, um, in my opinion, 
held back and persecuted by uh, fundamental religion. And yet women are also participating in their own oppression um, by uh, oftentimes voting against what I consider to be our own interests. And so I'm wondering if those themes in the play and the resonance with today's uh, political climate might um, might come to light with this all-female concept. Um, and also it's a great opportunity to give a lot of women um, an opportunity to perform in roles that are, you know, not usually for them. So um, it's something that's been brewing in my mind for a while, and I look forward to diving into it a bit. Mm. Do you envision art audience participation in this as well? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Pitchforks included. <laughs> it will. I have a few ideas. All right. Yeah. All right. I look forward to seeing that as well. Again, that's uh, March 26th of next year. And um, finally, our um, our last stop on the THT Rep season is The Marvelous Party. And um, that is coming May 11th through the 14th. And this one is very different from the rest of the season. Yes. And when we were talking about this, I, I was really excited about this idea. So I will let you take it away. Sure. So The Marvelous Party it has nothing to do with witches or spirits or ghouls or goblins. It's um, light and fun. It is a concept that I created um, when I was still living in Cambridge and Boston, running a small theater company. And it is a party performance that features the poem by Noel Coward, who was a, a British comedian and dramatist. Uh, he wrote a poem called I've Been to a Marvelous Party. And it's a silly poem about um, sort of poking fun at uh, upper class British folks kind of getting sort of out of control uh, and, you know, not acting like the high society folks that they sort of purport to be. And uh, I basically take the poem and I break it up into its different stanzas. And so there will be an actor who performs a stanza and then that will roll into a series of uh, like musical numbers that are sort of mashed up to um, to complement the stanza. So, for example, there's a uh, stanza where someone ends up swinging upside down from a chandelier, and then that goes into the song Chandelier by Sia, for example. Um, so it's a fun night of music and poetry, and it's not a seated performance. It really is like a cocktail party that has uh, performances interspersed throughout it. And we're running it the weekend that culminates with Mother's Day, so I think it could be fun also for folks to, you know, bring their mom out. Um, and, uh, it's a, it really was fun when we did it in Cambridge and I look forward to restaging it and refreshing it here in Worcester and it's perfect for the brick box. So get your tuxedo ready. I know now I'm panicking. <laughs> what do Why? I wear? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have plenty of time to think about that. So a lot, a lot of time to shop, a lot of time to do a lookbook. So I'll put that on the back burner for now. But I think this is a really incredible season ahead. And there's a lot of variety in there, too. So um, I think from performance to form, bleh, from performance to performance, people will have like a really interesting experience. 
I think so too. Yeah. Even with the heavy theme of witches and ghouls and goblins, the first three projects are very different from each other. Um, and then of course the marvelous party is a whole other animal altogether. Yeah. And you just had, um, THT rep auditions and, um, work at play auditions. Um, so tell me a little bit about what that was like. Sure. So, um, THT rep auditions were for sort of professional and professional track actors to come out and do their thing. Uh, again, I was delighted to have some folks return and also to be able to hire some new folks. And then our work at play program, um, work is spelled W-O-R-C, short for Worcester at play. This is a program that we started with Julius Caesar that I'm delighted to be continuing with Macbeth. Basically, it um, is a program to cultivate local aspiring actors, um, greater residents of greater Worcester who are ages 18 and above who, uh, have an interest in acting, but maybe have not been able to access the training or tools needed to, to investigate or develop that interest. So, uh, work at play provides, um, actor training at no cost with an emphasis on classical technique classical meaning um, the skills you need to act something like Shakespeare as opposed to something more contemporary. And this is a program that I teach. And uh, I work with these um, adult acting students uh, for a month. We'll be meeting three times a week for three hours in the month leading up to Macbeth. And then these folks will be playing small ensemble roles in the production of Macbeth, just as the first class of work at play actors played ensemble roles in Julius Caesar. So this is a real sort of grassroots effort to um, provide acting opportunities, artistic opportunities to folks who might not have been able to access them otherwise, or to folks who do have some background in theater but have not had um, sort of professional conservatory um, Shakespeare training. So it's a, it's a program I'm really proud of, and um, I am thrilled for the actor trainees that we've um, selected for Macbeth. We had a lot of interest in the program, which is cool because that means it's growing. Uh, we have two actors returning for a second year of work at play after um, being in Julius Caesar, and I just can't wait to help them realize more of their potential as performers and to give them the opportunity to perform alongside the pros um, should be fun. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, whenever I'm like out and about and experiencing Worcester and I'll like look at the thing, the upcoming you know, like events in the brick box, I'll see people that were in the initial work at play yeah. or in the, um, in Julius Caesar. And I'm always yeah. like, I know you yes, like it's so, so happy. It's so important to have, actors who live here who are who live in Worcester and are part of our community and um to, to have the mix of of local actors with professional actors from Boston and New York that's the magic sauce everybody you know um contributes and creates this sort of fabric of of creative energy. And, um, it's just very important to me that we, um, recruit and cultivate people here in town who have potential and talent and just need some tools to, to bring it all together. So, uh, it's very exciting. It is. 
Now, where can all of our listeners find out more about THC Rep, read about everything that's coming up about the season um, and where to get tickets once those go on sale? Where can they find that? Yeah. So just go to the HanoverTheater.org and the first menu item at the top is shows and tickets. When you click that, you'll see the Hanover Theater repertory in the drop down and you'll be good to go. Absolutely. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok now. All the um, things. All the things. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I would be happy to point you in the right direction. We post a lot. So um, just keep an eye out for all of our official announcements. It's going to be a really great series. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, everybody at home. Appreciate you listening. And thank you for coming on today. And we'll be back next week with more behind the scenes.